Hi, welcome. My name is Mary Peichel. I am a clinical mindfulness-based psychotherapist. I'm also um, a Reiki energy healer and meditation teacher and student of A Course in Miracles. And welcome to my first solo podcast. I feel really honored and grateful to be of service and to share what it's helped me and to be given the opportunity or the miracle of being able to share my passion with you. And I wanted to offer this first podcast appropriately to the topic or the concept of miracles. Miracles are my favorite topic, my favorite subject to talk about. My clients will tell you we talk about miracles all the time and how to cultivate and manifest miracles in life. And it's much simpler than we think. Before I really came to studying or become a student of A Course in Miracles, which is spiritual text based on Jesus's teachings, it was actually um, channeled from Jesus to a Columbia University professor. So that's how the book kind of came into physical form. I kind of thought what everybody else thought, that a miracle was something that was beyond me and came from a place of hopeless, helplessness, like there was nothing we could do. And if we prayed hard enough and asked hard enough, and maybe if we were good enough or bargained enough with God, he may grant us the miracle. And that would be our only chance of salvation. Through my work as a student of A Course in Miracles and now stepping into becoming a teacher of A Course in Miracles, I've learned a whole different concept of miracles. Um, for those of you that don't know what A Course in Miracles is or aren't familiar with it, it's based on the teachings of Jesus, which are the teachings of love and compassion and sort of sisterhood or brotherhood. We're all one. This idea of, you know, the highest in me sees the highest in you. That namaste, the Buddhists would say, basic goodness for greater good, right? Recog learning how to recognize our greatest good, who we truly are, the love that we are, the essence of God that we are. And that is everybody else. And that's the practice of generosity in Buddhism, recognizing and honoring the highest in yourself and extending that to other people. And in this practice, we come to know forgiveness, we come to know compassion, and we sort of let all of that toxic or negative or illusionary stories go. And in that is peace and healing. And Jesus teaches that that is the way to miracles, that if we really want to experience a miracle in our life, we need to start seeing ourselves with love, our situations with love and other people with love. And that includes compassion and cultivating the art of forgiveness. And we'll go into that as we get into other podcasts. Not all of these podcasts will be on A Course in Miracles, but I really love the teaching. So we will discuss that a bit more. I wanted to share a little story about how I came to be a student of A Course in Miracles. When I was 19, I was living in South Florida, and one of the first sort of spiritual metaphysical teachers that I had found myself connected to was at this time, and her name was Dorian Virtue. And she wrote a lot about angels, and I was really into angels, and I loved her way. And she mentioned a few times in some of her books about this text, A Course in Miracles, and she didn't mention much. She just kind of mentioned A Course in Miracles says, maybe three or four times that I remember. And that was enough to really get me interested in 
what this was. I'd never heard about it before. I've never had never even seen it. So I was very curious about it just based off of that in and of itself. And I searched for this book. And at this time, this was just before, you know, the rise of like Barnes and Noble, like culturally, we weren't there yet. And I lived in South Florida and I found this bookshop, this tiny little metaphysical bookshop, and they had the book. I called them. They're like, yes, we have it. I'm like, great, I'm coming. And I get there and I didn't expect that the book was going to be like $80. And at 19, that was just like too much money for me. And I never could even fathom having that much money at that time. It was a bit dramatic. And I decided I'll just go to the library, not thinking that they would have it, but they did. So I found myself going to the library a few times and picking up this book and it was just so arduous and it was so wordy and kind of heavy and I just wasn't resonating with the message or getting it. So I just left it and I never thought about it again, really. But fast forward about 16 years and I'm in a job that I'm not really happy in. I'm kind of feeling a little powerless, hopeless, helpless in my own life and just wanting to be happier, just knowing that, you know, this wasn't going to work for me anymore living this way. So I took myself to the bookstore at one lunchtime and I got some self-help book or some spiritual book. I'm not really sure. And I was on my way out. And as I was about to leave the store, I just felt something stop me. And I can't explain what it was, but I know it to be, you know, today, synchronicity, divine intervention. When you're ready, the teacher shows up. And it literally stopped me in my tracks, turned me around, and I was facing an end cap. And right in front of me was the book Spirit Junkie by Gabrielle Bernstein. And I had never heard of her before, and I didn't know what this book Spirit Junkie was, but I knew that it was for me. There was just this feeling in this pull, and without reading the bio or even reading what the content of the book was or context of the book, I bought it. And it put me on a trajectory to change my life. It really taught me, this was the catalyst to coming to the teachings of A Course in Miracles, that would ultimately get me everything that I had been looking for, everything that I knew that I was. So it didn't necessarily teach me anything new, but I remembered. I remembered who I was. So it's not that you're learning who you are in any of this work or that you're being taught everything. It's really a process of remembering. You already were this love. You already had all of this inside of you. So I like to call it a process of remembering. So I get the book and I dive into everything Gabrielle Bernstein. I listen to her podcast and watch her videos. And that leads me to Marianne Williamson, who's another wonderful teacher of A Course in Miracles. And right now I'm really into the work of Lisa Tolley and the teachers of God. If you don't know who they are and you're into um, A Course in Miracles or spirituality or this podcast is calling you, go check out their stuff. It's really deep and it's really, really profound. She's such a great teacher, as they all are. I really honor them all. I'm so grateful that they're here living their passion and sharing so that those of us in alignment with this message can get on our paths and start walking our highest experience. So back to miracles. Again, most people believe that the miracle is the result, the thing that we've asked for showing up, the healing, um, the solution, the you know, the, the miraculous transformation, the finally being able to lose weight, whatever it is. So that's what we think the miracle is. It has shown up and we've gotten our miracle. Actually, 
That is the effect of the miracle. That is not the miracle in and of itself. The miracle according to A Course in Miracles is a shift in perception from fear to love. And this is where you begin to recognize yourself as the miracle worker. That external miracle, that thing showing up, the result of the miracle is happening to you through you. So our work and our practice in learning about miracles and becoming a miracle worker is really to start to learn the practice of love, the practice of forgiveness, the practice of compassion. And when we can start to see the positive or the truth, that practice of namaste or like the Buddhists say, generosity in ourselves and in other people, then that is how the miracle is going to manifest for us. Right. So if we let's say we're struggling financially and we just keep affirming, I don't have enough money or there's not enough money or, you know, we have a poor attitude about people that do have money or they're crooks or they're stealing from, you know, the one percent or the ninety nine percent. Sorry. You know, we're going to start to call in that. Remember what we believe about other people and what we see about them and what we hold against them is going to affect us. I remember Marianne Williamson saying, if you have a problem with people with money, then you're pretty much guaranteeing that you yourself are never going to have it. So you want to clean up every little cobweb that you have, every core belief around what it is that you are trying to manifest, and you want to fill it all with light. So that is the process here. And this is called the holy instant. In In spirituality and mindfulness, free will is what we do when we become aware. So we can be asleep for a long time. The ego is kind of running the show and we're not even aware that it's a story or an illusion or that we're seeing things maybe in a negative way and that's affecting what we're experiencing and cutting us off from the miracle, so to speak. But when we do become aware, right, at some point we all have an awakening and it's like, maybe it is me. And this isn't blame, but maybe I am responsible, my happiness, not this person. Maybe if I see it a little bit differently or if I can forgive, then I can have some peace, right? I think anybody on this path, eventually we come to that place. And when we do that and we say, oh, okay, wait a minute, it's like that aha that Oprah always talks about. That is the holy instant. And the holy instant is the instant that we become aware what we then choose. So this is where we really start to lay the groundwork for miracles. If we can choose love, if we can choose compassion instead of maybe what we are thinking or feeling. So in the beginning, this work is choosing really in direct dichotomy with what you're feeling. So you're feeling like, I really don't want to forgive this woman, right? I really don't like her. But on some level, you know that this grievance is hiding the light from you. That's actually a lesson in the Course of of Miracles. Um, This grievance hides the light from my eyes. So if you begin to look at that and begin to recognize that regardless of what this person seems to be doing, your reaction to it is really what is causing you to suffer, not what they're doing, your perception of it. And when you begin to look at that and you begin to be willing, and it only takes a willingness, so you don't have to say, I'm going to like this person and really 
like them in that instant. It's not going to happen. This is a practice. Your brain is involved here. Your central nervous system is involved here. Neural pathways are involved. And we'll talk about that maybe on another podcast if we don't get to it in this one. But you're going to literally be working against your physical body. That's like why it's so hard to change a habit. Your brain says you don't want to smoke that cigarette or you don't want to eat that chocolate, but your body's dependent on it. And your body's saying, no, get over there and smoke that cigarette and eat that chocolate or go yell at your wife or your husband or hold this grievance against this person. There's a resonance with it in your body because you have decided on it. It's become a core belief. It's, it's habituated. So very much the work in the beginning is you stepping in a different lane than your body and it feels there's a discord there's a dichotomy it doesn't feel comfortable but if you keep your mind and your thoughts in alignment with what you would choose for yourself eventually your body will come over so you know six months after you have that last cigarette you might wake up and not think about a cigarette all day your body has made the shift your biochemistry has readjusted And it's the same thing when working this mindful, metaphysical, spiritual path. You have to do the work, and then it comes into alignment with feeling. So there's two ways to go about this. We have to understand that if we want to receive the miracle, if we want to receive the shift, if we want to release ourselves of the habit or bring some new experiences in, then we need to really be in a frequency or a vibration that will attract a miracle. And that is the vibration of peace, of love. Um, That's where we allow the miracle. So miracles happen to us, through us, right? So if we want the miracle, we need to be the conduit. And there are a couple of ways of getting ourselves into that feeling space. Our point of attraction is in our feeling. So there's a lot of, um, we do a lot of work with thoughts and positive thinking and affirmations, right, to, to manifest. But really why we do that, it's not our thoughts or our visualizations that are manifesting. It's the feeling that it conjures up within us. It's that energetic frequency that shifts and changes. So there's two ways to work this. Um, So let's say we are wanting to... Again, we'll use money. That's a good one that most people can relate to. So let's say you want to start to manifest prosperity. You want to come to remember that you are a prosperous being so that you can have that experience and money just flows to you easily and it's not something that you worry or think about and you're supported because that's what happens, by the way, when you get into alignment with your true self. You don't have to worry about that aspect anymore. So if somebody tells you, all right, just go into the mirror every morning and say I am wealthy and prosperous and money just comes to me. Well, if you have $5 in the bank and your mortgage is due tomorrow and your phone got shut off yesterday, it's going to be really hard. Your body is going to be like, "Uh uh-uh, that is a lie. We don't believe that. And although if you could stick with that, it would work. That's like a really hard way to do it. There's much easier ways. And the course helps you with that. But We're going to talk about two ways that I help my clients to work through breaking habits or changing experiences in life. And one way we can do this, and this is um, Abraham Hicks, if you're not familiar with their work on manifestation, really great stuff. Um, They talk a lot about this, getting in the energetic frequency. So you have to start with what is called the least resistance. So if you look in the mirror and say, you know, I'm rich, I am 
a magnet for abundance and it's your body's like no lie that's never gonna work you have to start to look at what can I say to myself that feels better that's positive when it comes to money so what you might say is something like well I know other people have been broke before and They've healed. They've healed their financial stuff and they're living a life of abundance now. So if other people can do it, maybe I could do it and see how that feels. That might feel a little better. And that's what you can start with. Or you might say something like, maybe this doesn't always have to be my experience. Maybe this can change for me. So you start there. You start with what can I say that is not reaffirming this negative experience and blocking the miracle? But what can I say when this comes up for me that my body accepts, I feel a little resonance with it when I say it, and you baby step. So you say that for a little while and then you gradually increase, right? You can say something like, I'm becoming more prosperous through this practice. And the thing about the miracle is, and you'll see this in hindsight, the miracle isn't always evident right away. It might be evident in maybe how you feel by increasing a little bit of peace when you say these things or when you pray or meditate. Those are some other practices we'll talk about. But in hindsight, you can look back and you'll see your progress. This is actually really interesting. I did this with something the other day and I was like, man, I wasn't even aware at that point that I was shifting and changing and things were happening for me. But in hindsight, looking at it, I could see. So just keep in mind that even if you know your ego is going to be really loud in the beginning and you might not even be aware of the miracles that are happening for you right now you know there's subconscious core beliefs at work here and this work very much in the beginning is undoing those core beliefs think of a subconscious core belief as your programming and you know erickson's stages of development mailer's attachment theory if you are familiar with that goes into what we experience as children, what we learn or are mirrored from our parents and the people closest to us and our peers. And we grow up with those beliefs, right? So our self-worth is attached to those beliefs. Our prosperity is attached to those beliefs. Our physical health, um, our weight, our relationships, right? They're all attached to these core beliefs. What we internally have been programmed to believe about ourselves and about the world. And we used to think in the 70s that, you know, by the time you're 16, 17, most of your major development is done. You know, your receptive centers are are shutting down and good luck to you, right? You're formed. We know that that's not true. And we know that we can reprogram any core belief now that we're holding that doesn't work for us. And we see this in our 20s, right? We're home and you know things are the way they are and we get out in the world and we're trying to have relationships and make money and you know live our passion and we're getting stuck and stuck and we're like, why? Why are we not experiencing things in the way we want to? And we have to really look at these core beliefs. So core beliefs are shaped by what we have seen the most, what we were told the most, and they get reinforced by ourselves taking them on as true and we reinforce them. We keep saying relationships are this way or I am this or I am that or I don't have or I can't or I can. They're positive too. So in the beginning when you're doing this miracle work, you're working against those core beliefs. So just think about that. But the way that we change them is the same way they were formed. We start to tell ourselves something different in response to what we're seeing and feeling and what we've known. 
So the past, we can't bring the past into it. And mindfulness in the present is a new beginning. There's no past in the present. We bring it into the present and it affects us based on what we think we know, what happened in the past. But in this work, we really have to accept each moment as a new beginning. So we can change these core beliefs by writing new programming. So we use the same, the same equipment, right? So our conscious mind is the programmer and our subconscious mind takes the programming and forms the script, right? It's the script that's running. And if we want to change what we're seeing, if we want to change the program that's running, we have to rewrite the script. And for those of you that write code, you know, sometimes you have to really work on this. You have to rewrite the code enough to override the old so that a new program takes over and starts running. So the key is being consistent and starting where you are. You're exactly where you need to be to get to where you want to go. And you have to you have to learn that too, right? You can have core beliefs working against that. So anyway, that's that's one way. We have to start to slowly guide ourselves out of this by being where we are and being as kind and gentle with ourselves when we can. It's that holy instant, right? I just beat myself up in my head for that thing. So I'm going to be willing to see peace instead. That is a lesson in A Course in Miracles. You only need to demonstrate a willingness. You go as far as you can go and God will meet you. The universe will meet you and do the rest. You're only ever asked to go as far as you can go. So if as far as you can go is I'm willing to see peace, but a big part of me doesn't want to forgive this person, but I am willing, then you have taken a thousand steps in the eyes of the universe. And if you take one step, the universe takes 10,000 to meet you. So remember that. And that is from my teacher, Marianne Williamson. I'll never forget her saying that. And it resonated with me. And I, that's one of the things that I used in, in my path in this practice and still use today. So there's one way. Um, the second thing that we can do, and this is a really powerful positive practice, is a gratitude practice. So regardless of what's going on in your life, there are things that you can focus on. And with a few moments of focusing on them, you can change how you feel. And you can do this practice theoretically. So if you are suffering with something like anxiety or depression, you can do this practice in theory. Like the sun is shining. So if I could get in alignment with that, that would make me happy. So you can do this theoretically. You do it anyway. A lot of times you do this practice today for tomorrow. So remember that. It's not that it's not working. Sometimes you just need a little more momentum or practice. So a gratitude practice. Oprah said, by the way, that this is one of her most transformative tools that she has ever used. So every day, sit and think in appreciation of what you have to be grateful for. Even if it is like the sun is shining or I found a penny on the ground. I have a practice of gratitude. Every time I see a penny, I do this little thing, Gabrielle Bernstein, I heard say once, thank you more, please. I acknowledge that there's abundance. My ego is not going to get involved in it's only a penny. That's not a lot. Abundance is abundance to the universe. And thank you more, please. Ask and you shall receive. Have gratitude. Gratitude is the greatest gift you can give to the universe and it pays it back 20,000 fold. So a gratitude practice is like the greatest gift you can give out and you will receive so much from it, but you'll receive it pretty instantly. 
When we have a gratitude practice, right? Think about it. You can go in two minutes from a not so great place to feeling a little bit more certain and loving and peaceful. And that's grace, by the way. That's the highest gift you can receive from God. So think about the miracle that you're wanting to have, the thing that you're wanting to manifest. Why are you wanting it? You're wanting it because you want peace, you want happiness, you want freedom. And you can manifest that without even getting the thing that your your ego thinks you need to get in order to have that. So that's something to remember too. So those are two ways to help you get into the space to be a conduit for miracles. And they're pretty simple, right? You start where you are. You Everybody has things that they can appreciate. And sometimes we have to reach. And you just you do that every day. Abraham Hicks has this quote, happiness is your only function. And Marianne Williamson, I think this was her, might come from the course. I'm not really sure. Um, But if all you ever did were to seek for love, it would be all you would ever have to do. So that miracle you're looking for really is just the experience of love. So if you just every day made a conscious decision to honor the highest in yourself, to honor your assignments that are up for you today, to bless you know the people that you're walking past down the street, if you had a practice of servitude and joy and gratitude, that's all you would have to do, really. Everything else is taken care of in that sense. This doesn't mean that we're passive and we don't have actions to take, but the peace is returned to us. So what we give out, we get back. Whatever we give out, we're teaching. And not only are we impacting the people around us, but we are learning it. So as we give it out and we're teaching it, we're learning it. So you want to be really careful about what you're giving out because you're reinforcing that in yourself. Um, the book, The Four Agreements, the first agreement, be impeccable with your word. And I love how he puts this. You know, if you are speaking negatively about yourself, about a situation, about another person, it's black magic. And you're, you're casting a spell. And that spell is going to manifest in some way in your life. It's going to affect you. So think about that. You know, our words, our viewpoints have power. And also remember that we're not always going to feel in alignment with the positive stuff, but we have to do it anyway. And remember, you just have to be willing. You only need a willingness to demonstrate peace and positivity. And then the rest comes. Just give it time. I want to share a really personal example um, on how I worked a miracle, and I think it's one of my greatest miracles, but a couple of years ago, I was pregnant for the first time with a successful pregnancy, and I decided I had some fear, you know, it took a little while for me to get pregnant, and there was some, you know, bumps along the way, but finally, you know, it had happened, and It took a while to settle into the pregnancy and to be comfortable with it. And when I started to settle in, I decided that I really wanted to have a wonderful birthing experience. I had decided that I had been through enough with this fertility stuff and that that part of the story was going to be over for me and it was going to be joy from here on out. So I made that decision and I didn't believe it when I first made it. That's the thing, but you don't have to. So you set the intention, you make the decision, and then you start working on getting in alignment to be a magnet for that miracle to take place in your life. So I decided that I was going to only read positive birthing stories and I was going to watch videos of women giving birth 
virtually pain-free and naturally. And that's what I wanted, by the way. I wanted a natural birth and I didn't want to experience a lot of pain. You know, I had read a lot that it can be done and the women's body knows what to do. And, you know, we hear all of these stories and it sort of creates an overwhelming experience of pain and intervention for women. But again, it's just the story. So I didn't want to get caught up in that, but I had to believe it. So I knew in order for that to happen, when I thought about my birthing experience, I had to feel peace. And that took a while. So I would meditate and I would visualize on the birthing experience, how I wanted it to go. And I watched positive birthing videos and positive birthing stories. And I got a lot of like encouragement online that way. The other thing I had to do, and I had to do that until, you know, I thought about it and I'm like, all right, I can have this. Other women can do it. This is the way it's supposed to be. And I got this. This is the way it's going to go down for me. On the other hand, I also had to be, I had to give up resistance to whatever the plan was going to be for this birth, right? It was between God and this baby and, you know, I was the vessel and I really had to surrender and release to that. And I had to pray and I had to sit with my fear. What if it didn't go the way I wanted it to go? And I sat with it and Deepak says this wonderful thing. If something's up for you, you sit with it and you sit with it until it's no longer up for you. And that's what I did. And by the time I reached my, the middle of my last trimester, I was in a place where I knew, and that'll happen too. It's not like, Oh, am I going to get this miracle? I'm praying. No, I knew that it was going to go according to God's plan. And I knew who I was and I knew what my body was designed to do. And I had a mission with this baby and a mission with God and I was going to be okay. So, and it was really a beautiful experience. So I get to the hospital and, you know, part of my intention was to not labor in the hospital or this birthing center and to kind of get there in a safe amount of time. And that's sort of how it went. And I was in labor for 24 hours and it really wasn't painful. I had, you know, there was some pain, but it was not by far the worst pain you could imagine. And it was actually kind of peaceful, right? It, you know, I saw those contractions as my baby is coming and, you know, this is such a blessing. So we get to the hospital and I'm really in that place of bliss. And my husband's filling out paperwork and my doula's just walking me around. And as I have a contraction, I stop. And I stopped in front of this one door. And there was a woman behind the door, obviously in labor, and she was screaming. She was screaming her head off. And for a split second or two, I had a disconnect. I disconnected from source and I went into ego. And oh my God, I have never done this before. And my experience so far has been great, but in two minutes, that could be me. And I didn't say this out loud. I said it to myself. And at the exact moment that I had said that, my doula looked at me right in the eyes and she said to me, this is as painful as it will get for you. And that was like enough confirmation for me. And I was back in the game. And a few minutes later, I had my baby and it was beautiful. And there was no intervention. There was no pain that was like crazy or even too uncomfortable. So I share the story with you just as maybe um, a way that you can start to see how this process works. And I just want to share a couple of the principles of miracles from A Course in Miracles that I think sums up what we've been speaking about today. And one that I love is number one. There is no order of difficulty in miracles. 
One is not harder or bigger than another. They are all the same. All expressions of love are maximal. And what that means is, in our mind, there's things that we believe we can receive and things that we believe we can't. But this tells us, Jesus, right, the teacher of miracles, tells us that it is no harder to manifest a penny than it is to manifest a million dollars in the eyes of the universe. It is the same. It is just what our mind puts on it that makes it harder or easier. So the challenge is to maybe read this every day. And the more you read things like this, the more you begin to undo those underlying subconscious core beliefs that say, I can have this, but I can't have that. Miracles occur naturally as expressions of love. The real miracle is a love that inspires them. In this sense, everything that comes from love is a miracle. So that is really the definition. If we are expressing ourselves in love or compassion anyway, internally to ourselves, to someone else, we are a miracle worker, right? And there is a cause and effect to everything and everything has an attraction point. So it's really good for us and for the world to just come from a place of love as best we can. And this doesn't mean that we allow people to do bad things to us, right? We can appreciate somebody for their path and their humanness and set boundaries with them. Boundaries are love too, right? Saying no is love too. It's love for ourselves, And it helps other people when they have boundaries, if they're suffering and they're kind of aggressive or attacking. Setting a boundary is an act of love. The last thing that I want to add, and we can close on this, miracles are natural. When they do not occur, something has gone wrong. So just thinking about that, thinking about how we're living and what we're experiencing, and are we in a place where we are expressing love and we're receiving love, and if we're not, it's available to us. So just to recap, that there is a process in the course called purification, remembering that we don't do this alone. Miracles happen to us, through us, right? So we we take advantage of the holy instant and we choose love or we state a willingness to see things differently and the universe intervenes, right? But we need we need help. We, we don't just say these things and they just happen, right? We all have our experiences in life. We all have our egos. We all have our core beliefs that we struggle with. So there's a process in the course called purification. And in this process, you give over your control. You give over your expectations and you surrender. And you start to experience this in life with just a simple practice. And I will share my practice with you. We can close with that and you can use it. You can change it. But, and you might not feel much from it first, but practice this every day. It takes a few minutes and it doesn't take that long. Within a week, six days, five days, you might start to feel a little shift. You might start to feel a little certain. So we're going to do a practice of purification. And I just simply say, I kind of bow, or I do this before my feet hit the ground in the morning, before I start thinking and getting into things and the ego takes over, or you can do it in the shower or when you're brushing your teeth. It doesn't have to be a full sitting practice. You can do it anywhere. I surrender my heart and mind today. I surrender my thoughts, my words, my expectations, and my perceptions to be healed and guided by peace. I open up to my assignments today. And I choose to be about the lessons, knowing that when I do so, I'm perfectly and divinely guided. 
I choose to be about the gifts and the opportunities that my experiences hold today. And I surrender my will to the higher will and choose to live in servitude of God. Where would you have me go? What would you have me do? What would you have me say? And to whom? Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this podcast and that it was helpful. Again, I am so grateful to be sharing my experiences with you and what has helped me and my clients. Have a wonderful day. Namaste. Namaste.